Welcome to the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. I'm Ryan Sanderson, and every week I lead you through the world of Alberta barbecue and beyond, bringing you stories of the amazing people in and around the barbecue culture. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen in. I appreciate the gift of your time, and I hope I can entertain you for a little bit. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe on your favorite podcatcher, and I'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review. And now, on with this week's show. Hello and welcome to the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. This is episode number 112. We took a drive up to Sylvan Lake a few weeks back to record this week's episode with the great folks at Lone Star Angus. It has happened to me a few times since I began doing this podcast that I wish I had kept the recorder going after I thought we were done with the interview. This was one of those instances. After I shut off the recorder, we continued talking for close to an hour with Val, Dakota, and Shelby and got into more discussion about their regenerative farming practices that take the well-being of the land and the animals into account. They have a great operation going there with a bit of everything, including some adorable corgi pups that my daughter fell in love with. I cooked up a tri-tip from Lone Star Angus a few week, a couple of weeks back uh, before we went to visit them, and I can speak absolutely to the quality of this beef. Watch for them at farmer's markets around the province and keep your eyes open for their on-farm store coming soon, hopefully. This week's Alberta Podcast Network shout-out goes to Girl Tries Life. Host Victoria Smith interviews women on the many ways to live an incredible life with tangible advice on achieving goals. Please visit www.albertapodcastnetwork.com for links to Girl Tries Life and all the other great shows on the network. Do you have a barbecue or cooking product you'd like me to review and talk about on the show? I'm looking for folks with rubs, sauces, gadgets, and more that would like to be part of a new product review feature on the podcast. Please get in contact with me if you're interested via social media or by email at eatmorebarbecue at gmail.com. This episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast is brought to you by ATB Financial. There's nothing like the feeling of putting a smile on someone's face. Enter ATB Goodness Grows where one act of goodness can create a chain reaction across the province. Through Goodness Grows, ATB will be creating moments where Albertans can come together for a smile. Want to join in? Simply follow the hashtag ATBGoodnessGrows on social to see all the goodness growing across Alberta. Follow along, get inspired, and help share the goodness. Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of the podcast and uh, a little road trip today. We're up near Sylvan Lake, Alberta at Lone Star Angus Farms. Uh, and I've got Val, Dakota, and Shelby with me. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. And puppies make a noise under the table. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show. How are we doing today? Thank you for having us. Great. This is awesome. I uh, appreciate you seeing us and having us out here. Uh, talk about uh, the farm a little bit. Uh, I guess or yourself, maybe a little background on... Uh, on yourselves before we get into the the farm and the business here. Thank you, Ryan. So we moved here to Sylvan Lake on this farm in 1992. Okay. My husband and I did. Yeah. It was a a disaster. Yeah. Um, I was a fifth generation cow farmer. Okay. My husband was a grain farmer. Um, But we decided to do this venture on our own. So started out basically as first generation then. Yeah. And uh, we found this property that needed a whole lot of work. So love, sweat, and tears has got yeah. us where we're at today. And was this a, a cattle farm before, or what was it before you came in? It was um, an old bachelor owned it. Yeah. Um, and he grain farmed, and he drank a lot of whiskey. Mm. 
And when he would drink his whiskey, he would throw the bottles over his back. And when his equipment would break down or run out of gas, he would just go to town and buy a new piece. Mm. So when we had the farm auction, for example, right here, yep. there was four tractors with trees growing through them. Oh, nice. Um, they were from the 50s. Yeah. They just... So just yeah. <laughs> a bit of a mess. Yeah. <laughs> a make work project. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then my husband had llamas. Okay. And uh, I had the Angus cows. Yep. And we had miniature donkeys. And that's okay. how we started out here. That started. And now where, where were you from? Your, your... Yeah. Youngstown, Youngstown. Which is out eastern Alberta, almost uh, on the Saskatchewan border. Okay. Large, um, large cattle ranch, sure. ranching country yeah. out there. Yeah. Okay. And then Dion uh, grew up at Hardesty, yeah. okay. uh, so grain farm country yeah. out okay. there. Awesome. Um, so then the farm, 92. So what was the process kind of to get everything? We've always, um, with a herd of cattle, uh, it takes a lifetime, and it's all around the mama cow. Right. Uh, so we've always focused on a good mama cow. Right. And we could slowly keep... We started out, we had 25 cows when I came here. They were okay. my college fund. Okay. They put me through university. Yep. Um, and we would keep the heifer calves back that we could. Mm -hmm. And we would always keep the best ones that we could. Right. Uh, and we've, right since the very beginning, we've selected for the ones that were going to increase our herd the way we wanted. We didn't ever want them to be have to be force-fed, or we didn't want bad dispositions. We wanted ones that were good mama cows. Right, yep. Now, what goes, and I, you know, I've kind of been hearing a lot about the selection process and the genetics. What, from, you, from your end, what kind of processes are you using to select those good mama cows, uh, as you say? Uh, so for selection, we use um, EPDs, which is expected progeny differences. Right. Uh, we, we use those when we're sorting our heifers. And then um, to go even a step further, we use genomics. Okay. So then they'll um, test to see which has the traits that we want. Right. And then we also use, and I put a lot, a lot of faith in it, is... Um, for our beef program, we use carcass ultrasound. Okay. So all of our um, yearling animals, they're when they're um, 12 to 14 months of mm -hmm. age, we ultrasound them. Okay. And those ones I select for their marbling and their ribeye size. Okay. Yep. And we are able then, I keep our high marbling heifers. Mm -hmm. um, we are able to increase our carcass quality. Right. And I just, when you drove here today, um, I was on the phone with the butcher, mm -hmm. and he said the carcass that he was just cutting was the best carcass he'd seen in 40 years. Oh, wow. Nice. So that was kind of cool. Nice. So I know in the in the States, for grading, it's the ribeye. Is that the same in Canada? Yes. Okay, so same, uh, same process. Now, we'll talk about the grading process here as opposed to the U.S., because I know it's, it's different. The, the levels, I guess. Oh, you're going to catch me off guard uh -oh. there. Okay. <laughs> you are going to catch me. Because in the States, it's choice, select. Yeah, so here we have um, single A, double A, right. and triple A. Right. Um, and then we have our prime as well. Right. Um, how they vary, though, from Canada to the U.S., I cannot okay. give you That's, a... Okay. That's fine. And accurate. Yeah. If my uncle was here, he's going to shoot me when he hears this. <laughs> he is the president of the Grading Association, oh. <laughs> so I would be getting whacked here. Yeah. 
get I, in trouble. So yeah, I can't <laughs> answer okay. that truthfully. Okay. No, but it's the, the AAA. Yes. AAA. And so we are, all of the carcasses that we use for our beef program right. are um, AAA plus. Okay. We don't use anything below that. Um, and that's just because we've selected those heifers to be higher than right. that. Okay. Um, we want a carcass weight we've found that works best for us um when you go like to cargill they're they're pushing for those 900 pound carcasses right we find that's a bit big for our customer Mm -hmm. we want that 700 to 800 pound okay that fits nicely um if you're buying freezer packs, right. but it also makes a very nice size ribeye for you as okay. well. Right. Okay. You're not having to chop it down or. Right. Okay. So then talk about the, the cattle a little bit. Uh, Angus, all Angus here. We have predominantly, um, purebred Angus cows, okay. uh, 250 mama cows. And then we have 50 semitall cows and about 50 commercial cows, but they would be an Angus base on them. And not not just cattle. So I know there's some other uh, some other animals. I guess we'll get Dakota to jump in here. So then, besides the cattle, we have um, Yorkshires and large black pigs. Okay. Um, the Yorkshire is a white breed of pig. Um, typically, the one that you would see in your standard uh, pig operations, but here all of our pigs are um, grass-fed free-range. Okay. As you can probably see, they're out wrecking mom's pastures right now. <laughs> and then um, we have the large blacks because they are a higher marbling pig. Okay. So when you look at a pork chop, you can see the flecks of, of marbling in the large blacks. Okay. As well as we have um, Suffolk Cross lamb or use okay. for our lamb operation you don't know lamb a whole yeah. lot so no. maybe go into those a little bit so uh the the suffolk lambs they're they're a good base for me to start okay. i would really like to end up with uh, the australian whites okay now australian whites are known strictly for their carcasses um <laughs> and and then with the carcasses, obviously you get better quality meat. Okay. So that's that's where I'd like to take my sheep operation. Right. There is, to my knowledge, no Australian whites in Canada at the okay. moment. Um, so we're working very closely with a um, Australian white producer in Australia to try to get those genetics over here. And the lamb is this something fairly new for the farm. The lamb is only about a year old. Okay. Um, venture of mine um we obviously the lambs that we're selling at our farmers markets this year are our first harvest of lamb right um and they are as several people say the best lamb they've ever tasted we actually have a high-end chef out of he used to be in new york now he lives in calgary and has a cottage here at the lake and he says it's the best lamb he's ever cooked nice so you can't uh, argue with that uh, yeah that's awesome yeah that's great. And the, the poultry. Yeah. Yes. And so. Shelby is uh, in charge of the poultry program, I guess you could say. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> so I have, uh, I think I'm up to 50 hens now, maybe okay. a little bit more. Yeah. And I have Red Island Reds, Rhode Island Reds, sorry. Yeah. We have about probably 30 of those at least. Yeah. And they lay the brown eggs. Okay. Yeah. And then I have just white layhorns, and they have the whites. And then in a couple months, I will start having chicken, like whole chickens butchered. Okay. So, 
And that's a bunch of breeds. Right. So right now it's just eggs you're just doing? Just eggs, yeah. But that's coming... Within a couple of weeks, yeah. Turkeys, yeah. Oh, nice. So kind of doing it all? Yep. So just uh, back to the the hogs. What's the, the the time period from, I guess, birth to harvest? I know depending on the breeds, it's, yeah. it's different. I was speaking with... Uh, a farms up by yeah, Strathmore the with the mango. Lady. Yeah, and that's a like um, years. So on standardly on on our pigs because they are free range grass fed. Yeah. Um, it is about a from it's anywhere from nine months to a year from okay. birth to harvest. Right. Um, I had a litter born in November. November, I yeah. guess, okay. that we just harvested the other day, actually. Right. Um, and then I have a litter running around out here that'll hopefully be harvested by Christmas time. Okay. So it's just kind of, you know, if they get the green grass and they get a, get a warm head start, sure. it's a lot easier than when you're born in 40 below and you got to fight to live. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, yeah, so that's a much quicker... I'm quicker turnaround. You know, you can yeah. have a turnaround in six months yeah. if if the sun's shining and the grass is green and they'll yep. grow faster. Yeah. Like they're not worrying about keeping themselves warm. They're worrying about getting themselves fat. Yeah, yeah. With those mangalitzas, I'm trying to remember what she said. If it's three or four years or That's, something, it's, yeah. uh, I guess with just the fat content and everything in yeah. those uh, in those hogs, it's a different uh, different process for sure. Yeah, and it yeah. it it is it is a lot um, when you're doing grass fed. Mm-hmm. It is a lot longer term than high production, sure. where That's they're grain fed yeah. and finished. It yeah. it takes takes a bit of time but it also we feel it's more respectful for the animal mm-hmm. and i think your finished product is um a lot better yeah in my sure personal preference yeah. and with uh, val with the the cattle i guess what kind of feeding program is are you doing there with that We're losing the puppy there <laughs> so we um we do both um grain finished and grass finished okay, we, so we, uh, we offer okay. both to yeah. our customers yeah. um, our cows graze out for almost seven months of the year okay. we stockpile and manage our grass very very well mm-hmm. and then um, we calve in January February so those cows are obviously home they're getting hay and silage then mm-hmm. and um, same as on our on our grass fed they will get those ones that are on the grass-fed program. They'll be out grazing as long as they can, swath grazing. Yeah. Um, and then when the swaths get too deep, then they're fed a forage ration. They're on hay, no grain whatsoever. Okay. And then we do offer a grain-finished um, product as well. So you have both yeah. both options. That's yeah. a nice way to do it. I guess it gives keeps a you know better offering for your customers. A right? better offering, and it fits. Um, it just fits the time frame mm-hmm. because we'll have grain-fed ones ready right. and we won't have grass-fed. And then our grass-feds typically are ready more in the fall Okay. and our grain-feds will be gone then. Right, so, okay. So it keeps... Uh, yeah, it just keeps the cycle going. Yeah. Now, do you see the meat quality between the two? What do you, what do you see? Um, I believe it is a personal preference. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I would str- more stress on the genetics over on their finishing. Okay. If you have those good genetics underneath, mm-hmm. you're going to have very little difference in the taste or the meat quality. Okay. If you don't have those genetics, you're going to have to work harder um, to get a grass-fed product that is as tasty. Right. 
Yeah, I guess from my experience on the cooking side of it, what I've noticed with the grass finished, grass fed, grass finished, the fat content is down. Is down. Yeah, you don't have the marbling yeah. uh, that you do with. Uh, so from a barbecue standpoint, it can be you know if you're doing a slow cook, you want that absolutely that fat content. So it can be a little uh, a little absolutely. challenging. Absolutely, and that is where the Angus shine. Okay. Because they are. Um, a naturally well-marbled breed to begin with. Okay. So then when we start selecting for that, putting pressure on that trait, yeah. um, we can increase the marbling. Okay, interesting. Um, yeah. So then that's where on the grass-fed, yeah. we can excel at it. Oh, okay. Um, so when people come and say, boy, I've had a bad experience eating grass-fed. Right. Uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. They probably had a bad experience eating grain-fed too. Sure. But it's the quality. Right. Um, and we can we can uh, control that a little bit with mm-hmm. management. Yeah. And Shelby, kind of same with the, the on the poultry side, what's the time frame? Obviously the eggs are eggs right, right away, but yeah. from uh, harvesting for the meat, what kind of a time period are you? Um, well, I've had a batch that I've had since they were, I think, six weeks old. Okay. So they're ready to... They'll be ready here in the next week to go, so it's about not quite a year old. Okay. So just... just Barely before a year old, though. You can harvest. Yeah. Okay. So they're not bad. Like you can really do it whenever. Yeah, it's, but you know, yeah. size and yeah. everything, yeah. right? Yeah. The longer you wait, the bigger they get. But the bigger they get, sometimes too much fat. Okay. And chicken, you don't really. Yeah. You don't want the fat. Yeah, you're not you want the meat. Exactly. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's finding, I guess, that. Uh, the happy balance. That balance there, right? Yeah. Awesome. And again, it all, it all is in. Um, if you were in a chicken barn, pig barn, you're going to turn those numbers a lot faster. Right. Um, and that works great. It's just not our... Philosophy. We wanna, yeah, yeah, our philosophy. We want to do it slower, mm-hmm. um, maybe a little bit more in tune with nature. Yes. And, oh, that's... Uh, absolutely. Um, and then we know exactly what goes into that meat and what's going on your plate. This episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast is brought to you in part by Park Power, a provider of electricity and natural gas in Alberta that offers low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who you buy your energy from. Park Power has low overhead, and chances are you'll save money if you switch. You can find out how much money you would save by visiting parkpower.ca and plugging your numbers into the Alberta Energy Savings Calculator. If you decide to switch, it's easy. Nothing changes about your service, only the price you pay. Learn more at parkpower.ca. Uh, where can folks uh, find your products? Are you any retail operations? Or I know you're doing some farmer's markets. Talk about... Uh... So... Um, right now we are in three farmers mar- or four farmers markets actually my apologies mm-hmm. we are in the Sylvan Lake farmers market and that is every Fridays all summer mm-hmm. we are in the Sherwood Park farmers market that is every Wednesdays at the Canadian Tire there in Sherwood Park yep. um, we are in the Bear's Paw farmers market on Sundays that is a really good farmer's market there's so much options of food and everything there and then we are also in the Stetler farmer's market so we do uh, that one's on Tuesdays we do do a very wide selection of farmer's markets and we do that so that Everybody has an opportunity. Yeah, you know, you've got kind of the... Yeah, we, we kind of go to the east, the yep. north, the south, and the central. Yep. Um, and that's just so that everybody has an opportunity to try our products. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are working desperately hard to get a uh, on-farm store going. Okay. Um, it's 
taking us a lot longer than yeah. expected, but hopefully in the near future we will have an on-farm store where people can come out, uh, view the animals here, yeah. see how they're uh, taken care of, and purchase their products right here on-farm. Awesome. So right now the farmer's markets are the only... Just uh, right now the farmer's markets yeah. are the only place to get it, unless you want to call or uh, Facebook or email and do a special order. Okay, sure. And then in that case we deliver it right to your door. Awesome. Any restaurants, anything like that you're, you're providing to? Or? We actually, yes. We do, um, provide roast to the Undercurrent Brewery right here in Sylvan Lake. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. It keeps us out of mischief. Yes, for sure. <laughs> and other than uh, at the markets, where can find folks find you online, that sort of thing? Um, so online, we are on Facebook. We don't have a website yet. Okay. So if you face search on Facebook, um, Lone Star Angus, yep. you can get a hold of us through there yep. or on Instagram at Lone Star Angus. That's how I found you. Um, or, you know, you can just type Lone Star Angus into Google and it'll come up. Find you there. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So one thing I'm, uh, before we wrap up, something new where I'm starting with the podcast is exploring an Alberta barbecue flavor profile. You know, you go to barbecue restaurants here in Alberta, and they're great. Um, but it's southern U.S. barbecue that you're getting. And looking at kind of developing something truly Albertan. So I'm putting you on the spot a little <laughs> bit. Any any thoughts about proteins, flavors, being kind of, you know, you've grown up in Alberta here and farming. So what's... Uh, where would you, uh, what would you look at as being a truly Alberta barbecue kind of flavor? <laughs> I'd say Angus steak. Of course, but... yeah. <laughs> you know, all proteins are, are great. Of course. Yeah. Um, all meat proteins, I should say. Because, and we see this at the farmer's market so many times in a season, it's, it actually flatters me. There's people that will come up to us and ask, and the question is, is it organic, is it hormonal? hormone and antibiotic free yes it is so they'll take a ribeye or they'll take a new york and they'll try it and they'll come back the next week and say oh my god i feel so amazing Mm -hmm. usually when they buy a steak at the supermarket they say they take two bites of it and they have this uh wrenching stomach pain um with our products they don't do that don't ask me why. You know, there's there's lots of different ways you could argue the subject. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just meat protein in general, a lot of people need to eat more meats and definitely eat more Alberta beef awesome. and Angus beef for that. <laughs> so Alberta beef would be the, uh, yeah, yeah. the short well, answer. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. don't. What is your thought on a well, I, I, what I, I've kind of been looking into some, you know, not just the meat, obviously, you know, beef Corn is the first and, yeah. thing. Uh, bison, of course, uh, kind of, you know, that yeah. was the original protein here, I think. But from a flavor profile, trying to look at some of the, the plants and other things that you could use with the meat. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that, you know, Saskatoon berries is kind of the one. So that's something I'm going to be... Okay. Looking at, I think we're going to go Saskatoon picking here, and I'm going to try to dry some out and see if I can use that in a rub oh, okay. for the meat, right? Okay. So that's something I'm there is a little guy, experiment. There's a guy at um, Wetaskiwin that has huckleberries. Okay. He yeah. does huckleberry, like yeah. he lots of sauces yeah. that go on. Yeah, his... absolutely, yeah. I, I would Saskatoon would be a good one for Alberta. Ah, and you, that, you well, did, that's kind of where I'm going, yeah. yeah so. You did catch me totally off Yeah, sorry, I'm I like, warned you about that. <laughs> <I'm> like, <"Huh." laughs> Of what flavor? Yeah. 
Yeah, so yeah, something I'm starting yeah, to explore a little oh, okay. bit. Yeah, so. Okay. Well, that's awesome. Thank you, ladies. I really appreciate you taking some time for us. Thank and, you. Uh, um, yeah, I had that tri-tip a few weeks ago there, and was it was it outstanding. Good? Oh, it was good. great, yeah. Good. So, Excellent. Yeah, yeah, some great, uh, great product for sure. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank awesome. you. That is a wrap, everybody. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate you tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe to the show, and I'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review. They sure help increase the show's visibility. Thanks to Val, Dakota, and Shelby from Lone Star Angus for having us out at the farm for this week's show. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram, and watch for them at a farmer's market near you. Visit albertabarbecuetrail.ca for my listing of Alberta barbecue joints, and get out there and show them some support. They still need you. You can find me online at eatmorebarbecue.ca, on Twitter at eatmorebarbecue, and on Facebook and Instagram at eat underscore more underscore barbecue. If you have any questions or guest suggestions, my email is eatmorebarbecue at gmail.com. As always, thanks to Alan Horbin for the great music on this and every episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast. Until next time, folks, keep on smoking, take care of one another, and stay safe. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported, and is a production of www.eatmorebarbecue.ca.